He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Ba-ba-da-ba! Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Wait. Wait, I just, I think I just... Did you just... Yeah. Yeah, I just had an idea. This tape will... Self-destruct in five seconds. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 88 of the Almost Daily Show with your hosts with the most, Chandler and... (laughs) And the Dave Picardi. Wow, my little thing here really stopped all those plosives from coming out when I made noises into my mic. Absolutely. That was quite the intro. Gosh, that was. I think on a scale of one to awesome, it was extra awesome. Yeah, probably all capitals too. Mm-hmm. A-W-E-S-O-M-E. That's what it means to me. Be awesome. <laughs> Is that how you spell awesome? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I can I say that I do need an editor. I can speak, but my editor is the one who fixes things. Look, she just walked in the door. Is that you have an editor? Steph Lay is my editor. She She notices things that I spell wrong when I make her check it, and then she belittles me and fixes it and calls me bad names and yes. bad words and stuff. Well, I believe that's the job of any significant other. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, yeah. She calls me a stupid idiot, and then she says, you know what? You're dumb, and you can't read good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, terms of endearment. That's right. That's well, I'm glad the West Coast relationships are the same as East Coast relationships. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's how yep. we keep it congruent relationships yeah. and marketing that's right that's right that's good times <laughs> uh, i like it nonsense as always mm-hmm. uh, you got to start it with nonsense because then it gives a little bit of entertainment and then a little bit of education and then we probably lose all our listeners throughout the whole thing <laughs> that's okay i think uh, I w- the uniqueness of our show is we just like to talk to each other and hear ourselves talk that's true that's the key i mean that's i would right. i did look at our stats on pod track and our other stats and it says that people listen to at least 80 percent of the episode before they tune out which means they actually get through all the fluff and some of the education <laughs> i can't believe it <laughs> i know i was expecting like a two percent listen rate i'm like all right well two yeah. percent's cool they listen to like four words <laughs> well past the two minute mark we actually yeah. you know if you're um if you want to learn something and you like listening if you can't make it past the first two minutes you don't have the attention span anyways so you might yeah. as well tune out yeah, you basically got the entertainment function piece, and then you missed yeah. out on all the actual substance behind the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, We're out of control. Two forty. Let's actually give it to him today. Yeah, Chan. let let let's do this. That's We're right. getting back on track. We're going to do the almost daily show twice a week, so we can actually get in front of you guys. Lately, it's been once a week because we've been focused on building our new school and scaling what we're doing up so we can have videos and more pieces for people to watch and follow what we're doing. We actually showcased it for the first time, I realized, when we were on the Mad Lab podcast. Yeah, So and it was, was a hit, neat. which was yeah. good. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. just reinforces what we do and gives people more opportunities to look at it. Yeah, I think anyway. we built that stuff backwards just so to go through it. Is <laughs> we built it around um, actual implementation, like digging in with clients and being on the phone with them a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. and working through stuff and then sending them homework and assignments and all that. And uh, now we're kind of going back through and, and 
uh, we, we had started it a long time ago, but just finishing up the touches where uh, we can we can uh, make it a little bit more seamless for everybody, you know. And so we're just we're cleaning it up to make it a better experience uh, and more powerful, and um, and just help people get results faster. Yeah, and mo better. Mo better. So yeah, it's gonna be cool. I'm excited for when it comes out. Yep. But anyway, today we wanted to talk about basically a hot button topic that's in all the industries right now. Everybody's trying to figure out the way to do this or everybody's copying everybody. And it's what makes a campaign effective and what are the processes and pieces that you need to put together to build an effective campaign. And uh, the cool thing that we have is we, we're in the middle of all these different consulting groups and all these marketing companies and agencies. And, and we're the ones who sit in the middle and mentor people to turn what they're telling them to do into an experience or into an actual product or service and actually tie it into their own brand and create their identity. And so we've been able to look at probably thousands of different campaigns and hundreds of different ways they're doing it. And all the consulting agencies, we understand what they're doing and how they're doing it. And because we're in this unique position, we've been able to create the best practices on what we've found that makes a campaign effective. Yeah. And, and something else, I mean, this is important, I guess, for my own brain when we were going through a lot of these processes is, uh, you know, you can run your business many different ways. Uh, so it's not, it's, you know, it's not like one way is right. And, and if you're doing a lot of behaviors correctly and your, your systems are tight, um, you're good, you know. And then it's just it's learning how to build uh, all these campaigns effectively around your business and your message and your people uh, and your program, you know, and packaging it in the right way. Uh, not just saying like, well, I know that one works, so let's – Let's jump over there, change everything, and follow that. And oh, now it's not working. Let's jump over here and change everything and follow that. You know, so you don't yeah. want to change your program to match the the campaign. You want the campaign to be built around your program. Yeah, that's a big problem we see. We we talk to somebody and we we essentially build something out and it's working well, and then we see something else someone else is doing and they ask if they should change it or if they should adjust and copy and. The, the philosophy is if we've built something that works and that's functioning and has leads and business flowing, we don't want to change or adjust or modify anything. And if you have something built around your own business and your processes, you want it to be built around that. And if you just keep copying what other people are doing, you're never going to really have the direction you need to go. And, and that's why we build things out as experiences and we build processes that enhance what the business is doing and around who they are. And what they're specifically doing. So you'll see their own testimonials, their own people talking, their own coaches talking about it, their own words and copy used to build these things. And and that's what makes it powerful. And that's what it makes it so you just can't copy it. And for example, if, you, if everybody calls something the same thing, it becomes a saturated commodity-based market. And then you have to figure out a way to differentiate what that is. Even if it's the same thing, you have to create a differentiating factor, which is usually a naming factor. And in comparison, we've all been been through this in the CrossFit community with everybody thinking CrossFit was saturated with the name. But in reality, they were just all trying to use the same thing to market the same thing, and they didn't create the differentiation in their brand. They can be CrossFit so-and-so and be completely different with their own name and their own identity and all that. And that's what people were missing out. And that's why a lot of people thought that the name was tarnished or that you couldn't go anywhere mm -hmm. with the name. But in really, in reality, it's the same thing now. There, you just didn't create differentiation, differentiating factors in that name that you built. And so you put yourself in a position to where you're doing the same thing as everyone else and you look the same. Yeah. And we're, what we're talking about here is from experience, too. Uh, that's right. Know, I'm the 36th CrossFit affiliate in the world, the gym I own. And uh, I changed the name. Um, you know, and it came after... a. Uh, a time when you know a lot of gyms spun up and everybody's trying to do the same thing and 
Uh, it, you know, we looked at it as, oh, they're all copying us, but now we don't have market differentiation, and we, so we changed the name. It worked for us, but <laughs> we actually had to put in a lot of time and, and energy, and, um, and we're really good at that side of it. So it, it worked based on our actual internal product and coaches and business and, you know, just kind of everything. That's what made it work is we never changed. We were always successful as a business. Uh, so I think that was important. So we didn't have to. I said it in a meeting today, you know, we could change the name back and still be doing well. Yeah, it's true. It's all that differentiating factor that you build. And right. we've always been Stone Age Fuel. And when we have the CrossFit affiliation and we have the whole thing, we use the name when we want to and the words. And we just we've always had our own little differentiating factor. Which and that's what's Chan. really let us. Chan. I go on the Facebook lives on Stone Age Fuel and put like Chan beards and stuff on. That's right. It gets a lot of engagement. But uh, when you think about it, every story and every business has like has the hero. And the hero is always the, it doesn't have to be one person. That's a misnomer. It, and it shouldn't be centered around one person because then the whole thing depends on that person's personality, which makes it really hard to scale. And so the whole thing at the beginning needs to be based around, we base it around your staff. Your staff are the heroes in this story and your clients. Those are your yep. two heroes. Those are the two people who are going to be showcasing what you do and the effectiveness of what you do. And so once you understand that these guys are your heroes in your story, you're going to showcase who they are. And that's the beginnings of your campaign, showcasing the heroes in your story and showcasing why they're special and showcasing what they have to say and let them <clears throat> spread their word and let them talk about what you do and who you are. Right. So then when you're building these campaigns, is you need to make sure that uh, the language uh, is built around language that you're always using. Um, in your program uh, and it's built around the personalities you know when you're doing you know why are people coming in what what is the pain that you're trying to solve uh, what's going to attract them to your facility uh, your program uh, you just need the, the verbiage needs to be built around you you know and that's an exercise that you need to go through uh, to come up with exactly what this thing's going to say uh, to get effective leads into you not not send them to a different gym yeah, that's it. And once you get this story built out and this idea and strategy developed and what Dave, what you're saying is we just need to organize this thing into what we would call like a feature audit. Like what, it, what is in this thing? What do you offer? Why is it special? And then we turn that into compelling copy and craft that around what we're doing. Because if you don't understand what you're doing and you don't have your program mapped out, you're never going to get anywhere. You just, you're just going to go copy things from other people that they're doing. But in reality, what you're doing is, is special and unique and you've took the time to create it and organize it into something. And so we need to take that, pull all of it out and tell people why it's special, what makes it unique, and then what they're going to get at the end. And I talked about this a little bit in the Mad Lab podcast we were on. People buy things because of the experience and the story they get behind what it is. And like for the example I like to use is if you're selling a mop, a mop is just an insignificant thing that cleans up messes. But when you look you can, at the company, You can ride a mop though. It's not That's that true. insignificant. If you're a witch, you can ride a mop. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens with the mop is, and this analogy really is, it's you see the mom cleaning up the mess of the children who spilt SpaghettiOs and she's frustrated, but then she cleans it and takes her two seconds and now she's smiling and her life is complete and great again because that mop was a champion. And that's the story they're trying to tell. With this object, your life is gonna be better and you're gonna have a great experience from it and as a result, you're gonna be happier. And that's the story we tell when creating and crafting our compelling offer and our compelling campaign. And that's what you need to think about. So what does it offer? What does it include? And then what is the end result? And how do we craft this into a story that nobody else can tell? Why does our product or service that we're trying to sell make or break the difference in their happiness? Yeah, and, and 
obviously it's so important, you know, to, to identify all that. Uh, and then when you look at it, there's no magic pill when you're looking at uh, setting up your, an effective campaign. What happens is, is, is the campaign funnels, they're all relatively the same. You can have a few variations of it, uh, and they all work. It just depends on, you know, making sure you get some of the language right. The language is built around you and not something else that, you know, if it works for a gym down the street, uh, you know, and they're running, you know, it's, it's a free week to come in, which there's nothing wrong with if that's the way your facility's built and that's what you do, you know, as a service, you want to funnel people into that correctly. Well, you can use the same funnel, change the language, change the offer, and have them funnel into, uh, you know, you, let's look at the other end of the spectrum, a Mad Lab gym. We want to, they're trying to sell uh, a package of personal training up front, which has a higher uh, sell. So you package it all up, and you run your funnel, and you run people into that program. But it, ma it matches what you're going to deliver for a service. And you have your, your features, and you, you have the correct language. You know, and, and anywhere in between, you can make those adjustments. So it's, it's not a magic pill where this company has a, something that just works and that one has a, something totally different. They're all running the same stuff. Yeah, and that's a good point. You can't say that everybody else is doing things wrong or that one way is better than another because it's, it's essentially your business. You need to understand and figure out what you're selling and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you're in a Mad Lab gym and you have one-on-ones as your entry point, then that's great. And that's what we need to create your compelling offer around and that's what we need to create your experience around is that one-on-one -on -one experience that personalized attention the coach for life philosophy if you're in like a two brain gym then we need to build it around the two brain philosophy the idea of the prescriptive model of health or of healthcare or health in your in your business how do we get people in our our organized program tell them what they need to do and how they do it and then move them into a group or hybrid based program and then maybe if you're doing a, you're a boot camper, okay, well, you got a boot camp, so let's make your boot camp cool. Let's get, put a name behind it, like Barry's Big Booty Boot Camp or something what? like that. What? I'm going. I'm going. Take my <laughs> I money. Would totally. I would attend that because <laughs> it's Barry's Big Booty Boot Camp. It tells that's me I'm right. going to get a big booty from my boot camp. So, and, that's, and that's really the big thing. It's, it's you, and it's your business, and it's your offer, and it's your right. program, and nobody can tell you whether it's right or wrong. And it's your decision and your choice to craft it around what you're doing. And, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I think that, like, you made a good point. Like it's not, you see, this industry has changed so much in the last 10 years. And, uh, you know, there's marketing groups and business groups. Um, everyone gets so confused with it. Uh, they're all, it's, it's all the same stuff. And, you know, it, it depends on your philosophy. What are you trying to do with your business? Then you can either you can either implement the business system that works for you. You can you can implement you know maybe you're really good at business yourself and you don't need help of other people. You can take things from all over the industry and then merge them all into a system. And it's your system in your own gym. That stuff doesn't really matter. As long as your gym's running good, it and you have effective management and effective systems, it's just packaging it correctly around you. Uh, which is an exercise we do. That's part of, you know, we, we do a big six-month implementation timeline to pull all this stuff together. This is a piece of that timeline. Uh, we don't, you know, we could, I guess, we could probably just package this and sell this, but uh, we'd prefer, we'd prefer actually do the work on the, on the, uh, from the bottom up, fix all the communication and, and brand messaging and, and your story, you know, and then if you need an effective campaign, built we can help you with that um, if you're working with another company then we we help you interest 
integrated into what we're doing as well. You know, so for us, that side doesn't matter as much. Yeah, and that's that's like the big the biggest thing that we do, and the most important piece of creating this offer is you you can look at other people for advice for ideas if they're doing something similar, but you as the owner, or the founder, and your coaches and your staff are the only ones who ex- can explain what you do well, and you're essentially the one who built this whole product. So you're going to be the one who's going to be able to display what it is, write it all down, showcase the features, the benefits pull out of your clients the reason they like it and your staff and then create compelling offer strategies around that and that's how you create that experience so we have the people inside our business talking about it staff and clients we have the whole offer crafted around what they get and what the end result is going to be and how special they're going to feel after it and now you've got that and so you've got social proof you've got what it is and you've got the compelling copy that's going to build this whole thing and all you have to do and what we do from that once we get that organized is we just create it and turn it into an actual landing page and put some flashy words on it. And then you've got something people actually want to buy. And with all the fluff in this world, if you don't have something people are going to want to buy, they're just going to pass you up. And the days of being able to just call it fundamentals or on-ramp or beginner program or anything like that are, are by the wayside because people are immune to it. They'll ignore it. Everybody offers well, a beginner Well, back program. then the cell was CrossFit, right? So if, you, if you're a a functional fitness type of gym, just being that functional fitness gym was the entire funnel, right? And then so it wasn't a matter of, there wasn't a sell up front, there was a barrier up front. So in order to get into this this thing that we're not even selling, it's just there, that everybody's happened to know about now, from someone else, from CrossFit, who drove who drove business on a worldwide level, it was, you know, a barrier was put up. And that barrier was on ramps and fundamentals and, you know, jump or there was no barrier, jump right in, you know. So whatever that was, what's gone on is because of market saturation overall, the industry is, you know, really shifted. There's a lot of competition out there and it's going to get worse. And so now it's that barrier that was put up that that let's slow you down and put you through a little education process so that we, you know, to try to retain you a little bit more. From a marketing standpoint, now we have to market. Whereas before we didn't have to market. So when you're marketing it, you have to package that. Instead of it being a barrier, now it has to become its own program that's packaged so that a, a, a person in the, in the world, Chan has to get out and take care of that dog, so that a, per, a person in the world that, that sees this understands what it is and it makes sense to them and it connects to them. And they say, yeah, I do need to change my life. I do need habit-changing stuff, accountability uh, all that stuff, which was before our regular program. Now we know that we need to have a pre-program to that uh, that needs to be marketable. Um, and there's no right and wrong way. You can do it. You know, the right and wrong way is, is if I, I'd say the wrong way to to have you know, your package program is you personally can't deliver what you're trying to deliver. You don't have the staff for it, the expertise for it, but you're trying to run a program. Uh, that would fail all the time. You know, and, and you need to make sure that you're building whatever this program is around your expertise, your staff, your facility, you know, size, whatever it can handle. Um, that's very important is know your strengths, know your weaknesses, craft your program around your strengths. Yeah, and that's huge. And when we're creating this offer, you have to know what's going to make you happy in the end of it. What do you want to do and what's your special what's your special dream look like and where do you want to be? If you're a gym who wants to run a one-on-one fundamentals or one-on-one based system all throughout the thing, you're not going to be happy running challenges and boot camps and all that. But if you're a gym that wants to run something that helps as many people as humanly possible and 
you you're okay with the, that other side, then you're going to want to run the challenges and the boot camp type programs. But the, the key differentiating factor is we create it around you, and we don't just call it the same thing. This is the idea of branding. Some people say you should never brand, but if you don't brand, you have no differentiation and you have nobody who's gonna care about your business and nobody who's gonna call it anything different. Then what's gonna happen is a year down the road when everybody's saturated with the same word, let's call it like six week challenge, everybody's using that word, (laughs) you're gonna get clients who just call every single gym, just like they did with CrossFit when it became the commodity-based solution. Bootcamp when it became a commodity. And it's the same thing when we look at the evolution of the market and everybody's like CrossFit, everybody was calling around, what's your price, click, what's your price, click, what's your price, click, when everybody got smart and took their prices off their website and all that. And same thing now. Uh, When did your six week challenge start? Okay, what, what's the price? Click. Okay, when does it start? What's the price? Click. I'm just going to go to the guy across the street. And that's what we need to understand and realize. So if you, if you don't build branding around this stuff, you're going gonna, gonna to win in the short term, and then you're going to lose in the long term, which is a problem. And then we have to continuously evolve and reinvent the wheel. Whereas if you just create a name around it, trademark it, and market this thing as your own and put it, your, its own name behind it and its own information, your staff on it, your clients, and all these things are your own, it's never going to be a saturated solution because nobody's going to be able to copy it, especially if you have the name. Well, you're selling yourself, right? That, that's the difference. And that's what's made every trainer in history that's been successful. Successful is they sold themselves. And, and most of them, uh, especially in the personal training world, uh, they use their own name as their product because they're selling themselves. You know, there's a reason they do that. Uh, and something that, you know, I was an early adopter at CrossFit, uh, you know, kind of blew up around me early on. And the reason why it was so appealing, you know, we were already doing great training in a, in a gym environment. I had my own space. We did our own stuff. Uh, it was packaged. So I looked at it. It was a marketing thing for me where it was like, okay, so the industry is very hard to distinguish yourself. We're successful. Now we can, we can have a, a brand identity that is different than everybody else. That was what was so appealing early on to it. You know, we were the rebels that were against the fitness industry. And, and so the, that, that. That, that was our market separator, right? Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward a bunch of years. Now, CrossFit, right? And I could, I could argue this out. And I, and I love CrossFit, right? It's, it became kind of what the industry was before. Now, CrossFit's a big industry. And people are now aggressively trying to differentiate themselves in the industry. So now they're, you know, if you say like we could, it could be boot camp, six week challenges. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's, it's something that's working in the market because it's a market differentiator in the short term. So eventually, right, the, the, that version won't work anymore. And so when that version doesn't work anymore, any good marketing company is going to adjust it up and spin something else off. And that'll be the next new thing that, that rolls out, you know, so to insulate yourself from that, you you want to build something that's just built around you forever, you know, where, where you're able to drive people in. They know it's you. It's uniquely new. Your 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 brand, your culture, the members' stories, right? Their testimonials. It's all talking about this forever. So over the years, it spins up and continuously gets better and better and better and bigger and bigger, uh, and then you always win, you know. But that takes work and time. Yeah, and that's it. And so the, the moral of this whole story is that this is how you obviously this is how you build an effective campaign. But at the same time, it's the idea that you have to build the brand around the campaign if you want to win in the long term. There's going to be a lot of people who crush it in the short term with these products that come out. But if you really want your own thing and you can hire someone to help you build it, we build this. We don't have a template 
where we tell people go run this. This is what you need to do. We take everything they're currently doing and we organize it into something that's going to be special based on them. And, and that's what really creates the long-term win. It's, it's going to be that thing that you have that nobody can copy. And if they do, it's part of your brand. So they can't, they can't right. use it in terms of actual business solutions. And a cool thing that we're going to do in our VIP group. So if you're, um, yeah, if you're actually working with us, you should be member, a member in our VIP group. Uh, we started adding a few people and what we're going to do next week is we're going to actually go over and showcase how we build an effective campaign. And we're going to actually build it for these guys and show you what's going on. So if you're in the VIP group, make sure you tune in on, what is it, Monday? I think we're going to do it on Monday, yeah. yeah. So we're looking at Monday and Wednesday every week. That's why we're cutting back on the daily show is we're going to be, um, we're going, to be going live in the VIP group uh, and actually working on a lot of these concepts with our clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be so. almost daily show, Tuesday, Thursday, VIP group, Monday, Wednesday. That's right. And then that's, that's all she wrote. I think this was a great episode. I think it was. Even with my dog barking in the background. (laughs) You took off, man. You were like, woo. I was like, oh my, she's going to ruin everything. The whole podcast. Yep. It was so good. It's real, man. People like real. You know what? I bet you most of the people listening have a dog, so they understand. That's true. And then I went in there and I was like, you're a bad dog. And she yelled at me. (laughs) I believe it. So, all right, guys, this has been great as always. Yep. Good times. We will see you guys next week. If you're VIPs, we'll see you on Monday. If you're not VIPs, you're still cool. We'll see you on Tuesday. That's right. It's been fun. It's been real. All right. And real fun. That's for <laughs> sure. Faux show. Faux show. All right. See you guys later. See ya.